Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so thrilled to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, Child and Teen Development Specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together, and thankfully, we have some great people helping us along the way. Although hidden from many history books, where credit wasn't exactly provided, or downplayed in media where coverage skewed towards the gains that boys and men are making, women have actually been making great strides, creating useful inventions and running companies for longer than we might know. But credit really needs to be revealed if we're going to ensure that girls and boys have strong female role models and understand that women bring greatness. They bring innovation, indomitable spirit, focus, ingenuity, and leadership to this world in many of the same ways and in different ways than do men. Without women's creativity and persistence, we wouldn't have some of the greatest inventions that we completely take for granted. Just dip back into the history books for a moment, and we can reveal, for example, that the first dishwasher was developed by a woman. The Brooklyn Bridge, woman. Windshield wipers, the game of Monopoly, the brown paper bag, all developed by women. And today, we also have incredible examples of motivated, innovative women that are positive examples of taking risks, of trying again, of working hard, of knocking out that negative self-talk, of forgetting about perfectionism on the way to success. We can learn a lot from these women, and today we're going to discuss how we can use their stories to help inspire children when we're having conversations about such topics as success and persistence and risk-taking and perfectionism. And for that, I've invited author Diana Capp to the show today. Diana Capp's work has taken her inside San Quentin Prison and to deepest Afghanistan. Her path to writing has been circuitous. She worked for a senator and a biotech startup, made ads for Nike, and helped launch women's sportswear retailer, Lucy.com. She went to Stanford and got an MBA. She lived in Kenya and the hate. Her work has appeared in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, San Francisco Magazine, San Francisco Chronicle, Elle, Marie Claire, Moore Magazine, Oh, The Oprah Magazine, California Sunday Magazine, Sunset, ESPN. Her first book, Girls Who Run the World came out in October, and I want to thank you, Diana. Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Nice to be here, Robin. I'm excited to talk on your show and have a conversation with you. Thank you so much. Well, before we jump in, for those who haven't had the opportunity to read your book yet, would you just take a moment to tell us what gets you up in the morning and what got you so interested in covering women CEOs and entrepreneurs from the perspective of how we can inspire clever girls to make their mark? Well, I call my book a blueprint for badassery and bravery. Mm. 
So it's a collection of stories of some of the most exciting women inventors, creators, founders out there today. Some you've heard of, but many you haven't. And my premise is sort of, you can't be what you can't see. And girls today are learning a lot in school about sort of historical pioneering women like Amelia Earhart, Marie Curie, but they often overlook um, teaching girls about some of the people in their midst who are, you know, frame-breaking change makers, um, you know, doing exciting things like editing genes and um, democratizing the design industry and um, putting construction blueprints online so that they're um, saving $30,000 a pop, not having to print those giant rolls of mm-hmm. blueprints. Um, so what gets me up in the morning? I, um, like you, I have um, kids mm-hmm. and I have two teen daughters and I have a 20-year-old son. But I was really inspired to write this book by my youngest daughter, who I like to say um, popped out of me with her two hands on her hips, ready to the <laughs> orders. She um, she could run an army and a small nation and definitely a company. Um, she For her fifth birthday, she wanted a whiteboard. She keeps oh these extensive to-do lists. <laughs> we, we were like held captive playing school, where of course she was like always appointed herself, either teacher or principal. Um, Love her. <laughs> so we laugh about it, but it's kind of having a kid like that really makes you think about um, how is a, the world going to receive a girl like this? Mm. And I guess just um, looking out there at what's happened in the business realm and the leadership realm, and you just realize that we're much more stuck than we realize. And I often give the example that I went to business school. I graduated in 1996. That year, there were zero female CEOs in the Fortune Mm. 500. And now 25 years have passed, and we've still just reached 5% women in the Fortune 500. Mm. And, you know, it's like makes headlines when one new woman gets added. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you have a daughter like that, you you kind of want to – you want to think about how you could show her what's possible. And mm-hmm. I guess that, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what inspired me to write this book mm-hmm. wow. um, for girls like her. Absolutely. Wow. That is inspirational. She's already inspirational and she's still going. So that is amazing. So many of us, as you just mentioned, have heard the troubling stats that's, you know, that are echoed in your the intro of your book that you just mentioned here. There are still so few women at the top. In 2018, the number of female CEOs at, com- at top companies fell 25% from 2017. Women in business start out equal to men, you say, in terms of jobs and pay, but the drop-off begins with the first promotion to management. And businesses founded exclusively by women snag only 2.7% of venture capital dollars. So what's exactly going on here? Why are so few women becoming CEOs? And what does this really mean for our girls who are coming through school today looking for how to frame their future? 
I mean, like most problems, it's got so many different layers and levels. So um, I truly believe that the heart of the problem is that girls at a very young age, because of kind of cultural messages, they stop believing that they belong in those places where they're the top leader. Um, you know, you can look at middle school girls and 25% say they'll never achieve their dream career. And that number doubles by the time girls get to high school. So they kind of lose confidence rather than gain confidence as they move through adolescence. And um, as far as, you know, what's going on in companies and why, you know, many women come in at the entry level, but they don't keep moving up. Some of that is um, women sort of selecting themselves out, particularly from going after roles that involve like um, p- profit and loss responsibility, P&L responsibility, where they're um, overseeing you know, the financial part of the business. And whether we like it or not, that is such an important part of business that that is typically the route that um, leads to top management jobs is kind of coming up through that. And so many women are all, you know, initially they'll put themselves in HR or in marketing. They kind of veer away from like the hard numbers. Mm. Um, so that's one really big issue um, that, you know, I think obviously there's, you know, why aren't women led companies getting funded? And so much of that has to do with kind of pattern matching by venture capitalists. They, they're looking when they hear a pitch for a new idea, they're looking for an example of someone who's had that success before, mm-hmm. something that looks familiar to them. And so because there have been so few women and there are so few women on the decision-making side, mm-hmm. you know, in the seat as a venture capitalist, that's also really problematic. So there's so many different issues that, um, and that's encouraging too, because there's a lot of different levers that we can pull to try to make improvement. Mm-hmm. So if there there are all these levers to pull, what exactly do you propose that might perhaps help in that area on the level of who's listening right now, the parents, the educators? What's one thing that we might be able to do to help pull those levers for a girl who is in middle school or elementary school or high school right now? I think you really need to show her examples of people in her midst who are um, inventing things, creating things, starting things, um, you know, showing women in leadership. Um, I mean, that's an easy thing that you can do because Mm -hmm. I do really believe this kind of um, adage, like you can't be what you can't Mm -hmm. see. And I think, you know, too often it's just, you know, you look around and it just, you see men everywhere as the talking heads on the morning shows Mm -hmm. and that's the political realm or you go to a conference and, you know, who was the keynote speaker and it's just sending all these messages to girls. Mm -hmm. And so I think kind of countering that really 
actively is something that parents and educators can do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's interesting because when you look at like who's doing well in school, um, it's, you know, girls are leaders in schools right. and they yeah. are excelling academically even beyond um, males right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's kind of asking ourselves, like, you know, what is getting lost? And I, and one thing, there was a great article in the New York Times that talked about how the very things that make a girl good at school mm-hmm. are things that make her, are troubling in the workplace. Hmm. So girls are so worried about pleasing others, about doing the right thing about following the straight path like it's we've kind of built into girls i think a lot of this sort of follow the rules do the right thing get the you know get the credit get good grades mm-hmm. and that's not really the path to having your own inventive idea and starting something which is very risk taking involves a lot of failure um, a lot of vulnerability, probably mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes and messing up. So if you're going to have girls keep getting so many kind of lauding girls for all that good grades and doing the right thing, then I think you're going to prevent them from feeling like they can kind of go out on a limb and, and have an idea that's really new. Like most of the women in my book they had ideas that people people told them they were nuts. Mm-hmm. Like when Katrina Lake founded Stitch Fix, you know, her Harvard Business School professor, you know, just flat out said that's going to be an inventory nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, this will never work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of having some the wherewithal to kind of hear that, but still believe so deeply in yourself and your mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, your your book is filled with these really inspirational stories. And I loved that you highlighted some of the tips throughout the book that aim to help girls understand how a particular CEO is a role model, but also little helpful everyday strategies that they can keep in their back pocket that help to engage them in in the idea of risk-taking and deals. So I'm talking like Jen Hyman of Rent the Runway. We learn not to leave the first meeting without scheduling a second meeting. From Sarah Blakely of Spanx, we learn to carry a little notebook. From Macy Peterson Philitas, we learn that we should ask for advice first before asking for money. So what are some of the key hands-on everyday strategies that you feel will truly be helpful to girls today and and you, how they can maybe use some of those strategies in their lives. I mean, one of the ones that's just like a very practical, um, something I've learned in, in um, writing the book that I feel like I've sort of focused on and has paid off for me is the importance of, first of all, the subject line when you're sending a cold email. Mm-hmm. Um, how to make that kind of enticing. And then also, um, you know, that you should ask for something short and um, 
like very doable. Mm -hmm. So if you, so for instance, I remember Katya Beauchamp, she founded Birchbox and she has, she really obsesses about these cold emails because she had to, to start her business, which is these subscription boxes that are filled with samples of all kinds of cosmetics because she believes that you want to try before you buy. Mm -hmm. But so she had to convince all these big name companies who, who, I mean, she was absolutely nobody at this time to give her a bunch of samples that she could send out in her boxes. Mm -hmm. So she's writing to all these um, head of marketing of, you know, big name companies. And she said what she would do was ask for, can I have five minutes of your time to ask you two questions? Mm. You know, something very bite size that you almost would have to be a jerk to say no to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one of hers. And also making it so when you write an email on, on the cell phone that you don't have to scroll to read the whole message Mm. like that it's just in one screen Mm -hmm. and that that's kind of the succinctness that you need to to achieve Mm. um so that like there's a lot of email stuff i loved you know one of the things that jen hyman did when she wanted to get in touch with (laughs) diane von furstenberg right and she's this famous dress designer that um she wanted to get some advice from early on and see if she could like hook her to um, rent dresses early on, she just started typing in emails like dvf at dianevonfirstenberg.com or dianevf. And, and she literally sent like 25 until one didn't bounce. Mm-hmm. Right. And she heard back from her in 10 minutes. Like these, there's a lot of examples of like the power of the cold email mm-hmm. or the cold call that you know, we all kind of dread it, but right. it actually can work for you. And, um, it's, and it is important for girls to be able to, and boys, to be able to communicate through email in that way for business. It's, you know, on not all text messaging and, and you know, messaging on one app or another. We still need to learn how to write a, a succinct letter uh, or request, right? Yeah, and also how to how to kind of, I talk about like the elevator pitch, um, which is being able to, in like two succinct sentences that you'd be able to give, at, you know, during the time that you're waiting for the elevator to mm-hmm. come, you'd be able to tell somebody else what your idea is in a very persuasive manner. Mm-hmm. And that whatever it is that you're doing, being able to kind of sell your idea, that's the role you're in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's that's something any of us can do. It just takes practice and boiling your idea down to kind of its essence. And then, you know, having your pitch and, and learning it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's other small examples um, in the book of, you know, how people, um, learn to to deal with um the 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 word no and that's to expect three no's before they would move on to you know determine it that it's a failure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like there's um a great story i heard from the woman that currently runs the girl scouts and she talks about when she was a, a um, a young scout and her troop leader always said, you can't leave the site of the cookie sale, one cookie sale until you've heard no three times. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's a lot about, you know, not taking it personally and, you know, feeling confident in what you're selling, whether that's an idea or a cookie. Right. Um, right. And, you know, not being, a, it's like there's some fine line, I suppose, between being a pest and being someone who's just a little more resilient and persistent. Right, right. But being a kid gives you a lot of leeway. I'll say that. That's for sure, because people will give you a little bit more time. There, I remember reading somewhere in your book that, that one of the people was like eight years old or something. And they're like, you're hired because, you know, they just walked up to who, oh, I think it was the DJ or something. Like it was. Oh, they, right, right. Right. They, they just walked tomato. up and yeah. said, uh, can I do this? And like, if you have the gall to do that, then you're, you're hired. What was the thing that you um, share what you learned about the email in terms of what you should put in the uh, subject box and what we should be teaching girls about that? I mean, just that it has to be something that's like you, you have to look at clickbait kind of um you know, maybe take a look at what kinds of things you click on mm-hmm. when you when you read a headline for an article. And, you know, sometimes it has to be like a little bit funny or mm-hmm. a little bit um, extreme mm-hmm. or a question. Um, you know, you can do something funny. I know at my work, people always say free food, exclamation mm-hmm. point. And then they and then <laughs> even though that's not what they have. Right, right. right. Um, so... I mean, I think just being a little bit creative and maybe rather than just being completely kind of business-like and straightforward. And you have to recognize that someone is not going to view you as kind of non-credible just because you do something clever in the subject line and you, um, you know, put a little teaser in there that's going to actually get them to click on it. Nice. Okay. All right. I got it. And it's, it's fun to be able to say you can put a little personality into your, into what you're doing. I think so much of what the lessons in this book, just what you just said is teaching girls that to like lean into their own personalities Mm -hmm. and who they are and kind of reveal some of who they are. When you try to sound like a a quote unquote businesswoman, whatever that is, right? And you're stripping <laughs> out all the kind of personality. That's your power. Right. Like people like real people. People yes. like, you know, there's this woman in the book, Leslie Blodgett, who um, got really famous for this mineral makeup mm-hmm. that she kind of pioneered. And she, her company's called Bare Minerals. Mm-hmm. And now it's been sh- sold to Shiseido. But she, you know, she would do things at her company, like she would jump up on a table into the splits, like at an all company meeting. Yes. Right. And she was just nutty. Yeah. And, um, and she was known for being nutty. And she, you know, she did something very unconventional to sell her makeup. She went on QVC, mm-hmm. which was like, you know, this channel that mostly had been used for like Ginsu knives <laughs> and, you know, really cheesy kind of things. But she believed that if she could teach people how to do it, that she, that it would be a compelling product. And, and it so, was. And it was. And But again, it's like being willing to kind of go against the grain. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think the more we think about how to parent girls, it's about thinking, how do you model for them 
willingness to go against the grain, willingness to not just do it in the conventional way. Mm -hmm. And um, Sarah Blakely talks, Mm -hmm. she's the founder of Spanx, and she talks about how she feels like the biggest gift that she Mm -hmm. ever got and probably the most formative um, influence was the fact that her father Mm -hmm. did not care what anybody thought of him. Yeah. I I loved I love the story of Sarah Blakely and I feel like I I actually talk about that a lot. I have a character education curriculum called Powerful Words and we're the, the powerful word of the month coming up is indomitable spirit and I actually talk about Sarah Blakely in one of that one of those areas because her dad also said you know, you pushed failure. And he was like, you know, how did you fail today? It's, it's, he really wanted her to take risks. And I feel like that's part of what is in your book is this idea of making sure that girls know that they can be gritty, that they can take risks. With from Sarah Blakely of Spanx, who, you know, is talking about failure and risk taking, and that was really rewarded in her family, to Jesse Ganey of Lumi, um, who said, withstand those butterflies because they're going to subside, and today's nerve-wracking thing is tomorrow's normal thing. I love that. I think it's, you know, that same idea that we need to kind of push. Or um, Katrina Lake of Stitch Fix, as you were saying, who's doing something so, so different, and, you know, her thought of, you know, you might be the smartest or the stupidest person in the room. And essentially we get from her story that you have to take the risk to find out which one. So what is it that we can really learn from those women, from Sarah Blakely to Katrina Lake in terms of risk taking? And then how can we then use those stories to talk about that with with our girls? I mean, one of the most powerful messages in the book is the fact that almost none of these women had any background to go into the Mm -hmm. particular area where they found a company before they go ahead and wade in and start it. There's, they're not preordained to be entrepreneurs. They're not, um, they don't have a background in, you know, fashion when they start a clothing company like Katrina Lake or Jen Hyman. They, I think that is really empowering to girls to believe that someone who honestly, they learn it as they go. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea that, you know, the woman from Farm Girl Flowers, mm-hmm. she didn't even go to college, but she talks about, you know, you know how I learned how to take care of the flowers yes. and how to do those early arrangements? I watched YouTube vi- videos. Yeah, which was I graduated from the University, the University of YouTube. Of YouTube. <laughs> or like, you know, other women in the book, there's a there's a great story about um, this woman, Jane Chen, who mm-hmm. founded an amazing little um, low-cost yes. incubator for preemie babies. And she has saved 300,000 babies. It's amazing. In the Her story world. was so and it's compelling. This, it's like if you picture a little snowsuit that is going to be used instead of having to use any electricity, she figured out this material that you could run under hot water mm-hmm. and it would then hold that temperature for eight hours. And I asked her, how did you figure out what that material would be that would have that property? And yeah. she was like, I just Googled. And so <laughs> it's like, you know what, girls? It's like, there is so much available to you today 
to learn things on your own. It's not even, I mean, it's mind blowing what you can learn if you just go out there and start doing some reading and some research and yes, be smart and figure out how to know what sources are credible and what aren't. Right. Sarah Paigi U Y O O. She has a company that is selling like um, cleansers for the home and she's turning them into tablet form so that you don't have to use so many plastic bottles. You just have one. The company is called Blue Land. But when I asked her, how did you figure out how to um, turn all these cleansers into tablet form because you have no background in science? She said, I went on LinkedIn and I searched under chemistry. Hmm. And then, so anyone who had a connection to chemistry, she said, I sent like 50 cold emails, anyone that would get on the phone with me and then they would give me some other names and I'd call them and I just went along that way. It's not rocket science. It's, it's like just, it's just step by step, like going through doing it. You know, mm-hmm. how did this woman, Diane Campbell, figure out where's the best place in San Francisco to put my candy store? Right. She stood on a corner with a clicker in her hand. Right. And got at the hard Old school. Store. But it is old school, but that's just practical how to. Right. And it's, right. it's something any of us could do. I'm wondering if if you had like a young girl standing in front of you who has a new idea, elementary school, middle school, high school, something hasn't been done. I mean, you, you mentioned Tracy Young of Plan Grid, who's, you know, has those digitized blueprints or there was a Jane Chen who has that non-electric baby warmer. What could a parent say or do to that child who has a new idea, hasn't been done before? And instead of saying that's crazy, what is it that we can say or do to help that child go after it or research it more or feel like she can believe in what she has? I'm going to tell one more story from the book that's like sort of the answer to this question. So there's a woman in the book um, who found her name is Emma and she founded Wild Fang. Oh, yes. Which meant tomboy, right? In German. Right. So the woman is Emma McElroy. And she tells this story from her childhood. And all parents should listen to this story, which is she's walking on the beach and she finds some something mm. that she thinks is a, like an elephant's foot <laughs> from a prehistoric <laughs> elephant. And she and you know what her mom says to her? She doesn't like look at her skeptically and kind of laugh. She says, yeah, maybe, and then takes her, like, goes along with it, and they go and they take this thing to the museum in the town. They live in a small town in Ireland, um, and and you know what? It actually does turn out to be some prehistoric bone. Well, it was like a skull, uh, right? Yeah, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like, like a skull from, like, millions of years ago. It was, like, very cool. But I think it's this idea of, you know, you really have to affirm your kids' ideas Mm -hmm. and go with it. And so that would mean like helping take steps forward. So let's say they have some idea they want to start like a succulents business. Okay, well, let's go out and let's take a look at a bunch of plant stores that are out there and let's spend a day going around and seeing 
who's doing what and which pots you like and let's talk to the people Mm -hmm. in the store and find out their story of how they got this going. It's like, I think it's just helping them start to step lean in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that all starts with just learning about it, talking to people, mm-hmm. you know, you can learn so much, um, about how to go about something by just talking to people that are a little more knowledgeable than you are. Mm-hmm. And mm. they don't have to be Diane von Furstenberg. Right, right. You can ask anybody who might have some experience um, in this area, maybe even uh, somebody local who, you know, has started a business and it can it can help you branch out and, and take that next step. So, I mean, yeah. In- in the back of the book, I give a one-page business plan. It's super simple. And it just talks you th- through the questions of like, who is your product for? Who else is competing against you? You know, what exactly is your idea? Mm. Um, and just that exercise, like the woman that founded the candy store, Diane Campbell, and she is just a phenom. She she has like this really successful small business. It's like the last of a dying breed mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And she's all about just like building neighborhoods. And she wants just to create this joyful experience. But she says, it's not about having some fancy business plan that you are going to send to venture capitalists. It's about sitting down and thinking through all these various aspects. So that that is why the business plan even if you do it in a really casual way, is a very useful exercise. So that's something the parent could sit down and kind of go through with the kid. And, just- I, and you also have you have like 16 must-know concepts about business um, in, in the back of your book from market size to missions beyond money. And I was curious when I was reading those, is that something that you feel like parents should be going through with their kids or they, I mean, they're not being taught it in school most of the time. So how are the kids supposed to be learning about it, even in a casual way so that they can feel like they can do it? I feel like there's so much opportunity for parents because kids are always starting little businesses. Like there's almost not a kid out there that hasn't had like a bake sale or a lemonade stand in their Mm -hmm. yard. And one of the things that drives me crazy is when parents don't tell their kids, like, what is the cost of goods? Mm. So you have, when you have a lemonade stand with your kid, make them pay you back for the lemonade powder that you just Mm -hmm. went and got them at the store Mm -hmm. and teach them that idea that that has to come out of their profits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think there's all these opportunities to look through these concepts in the book in the back where I explain to people like, what is a loan? What's debt? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that you, you're having those experiences. You're loaning your kid money. Like, uh, let's say, they say, can you give that to me and I'll give it back to you for my allowance. Mm-hmm. Well, you mm-hmm. might take that opportunity to have a con conversation with them about like how a bank might do that and you'd have to pay them interest Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know I one of the things that I really got from reading your book is I feel like the stories are are so important and we've talked about many of them today I feel like 
we know from even just research and studies that when kids hear about what I call grit to glory stories, those stories about people who started off, it was really tough, it was very challenging, they failed, they fell on their face, they picked themselves up, they tried again, they tried again, they got, they fell on their face, they kept trying and they finally got it, that those stories are really inspirational to them and it does make them feel like they want to go out and do something great. For me, the stories are so important and I would definitely encourage parents to learn about some of these stories so that when their kids are talking about frustration with failing or that they haven't persevered or they feel like quitting um, or nobody's listening to them, that there is there are some really great role models to say, you know, did you know this story about so-and-so or so-and-so? And did you know that this is what happened? And did you know that they came across this same kind of challenge? But for you, what would you say is your top tip that can come from this podcast or from reading the book, what do you want people to come away with? I guess this, I mean, I've already kind of talked about it, but this idea that this isn't rocket science. It's something Mm. that anybody can do. And even what you just said, when you say like um, uh, grit to glory, it's even, I wouldn't even say that it's, many of these people never achieve glory. Mm. Um, it's so hard. You know, the Harry Potter manuscript before Walt Disney's ideas before, you know, many of these people have had so many experiences that didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, even to dispel this notion that there's sort of like, that you're going to achieve glory right away or that there's no value in doing it even if you don't ever achieve glory like I valid point like half the women in these book it's possible their businesses are going to fall apart Mm -hmm. you know before we're five years out and that's that wouldn't matter if they were a man or a woman that's Mm -hmm. the statistics of doing things that are entrepreneurial and there's also so much fun and learning to be gained in just the the journey of these businesses. Mm. Like these women have had so many deep, interesting experiences. They've learned so much about themselves. They've grown tremendously. These are great ways to grow as as an individual. And there's and there's women who are like yes they they started Bare Minerals or I mean, they didn't start they they took over Bare Minerals and made it into this incredible success but now they've sold it and they're moving on to the next thing and how much more prepared they will be when they do move to the next thing and say what is it that I want to do now it's not like they have to do it for life they may actually apply all these great lear- lessons that they've learned to a new thing and be really fulfilled by that. Or like, I just love, one of my favorite stories is that when when you have something that doesn't work out, it really forces creativity. And so um, Miriam Nafisi, she has this um, enormous uh, design business. It's called Minted. Mm-hmm. It started out as greeting cards, and then now it's grown to, you know, creating wall art and fabrics and private label products for Target and all these different places. What she did, she started out with a stationary business that was just going to be box stationary sold online. 
and she launched. And for the first 40 days, she barely sold, you know, she sold like five boxes to, you know, her dad and his business partners. Yikes. Right. But what that did is at night, she started thinking like, God, what can I do to make this a more differentiated idea? And so she really had to dig in and get creative. And she worked with this coder that she, she'd had this like small side idea that it might be interesting to hold design contests where anyone can enter their design. And then we'll use the crowd to vote on the designs and the ones that the community chooses will actually get produced and that designer will get a cut. And so that's a really novel idea. Mm -hmm. And so she worked with this rentacoder.com coder she found. And and she has this platform where designers from anywhere, any walk of life can enter their design. And then the crowd decides which ones get created. And it was and it was enormously successful. That is just a really big idea. Yeah, it was a really big idea. But she got to that because her stationery wasn't selling. And so she right. was kind of pinned up against the wall with having taken money from friends and family and feeling awful about it and racking her brain. And it made her really creative. That's great. I know that was a terrific story. And I'm so I'm glad that she's so successful. And it, I'm sure created all kinds of other people who are like, Oh, maybe re rethink the way I'm doing my thing and using contests in this interesting way. What would be the resource of the week? Where can we go to get more information about you or the book and any of the other great work you're doing? Uh, you can go to uh, www.dianacapp. That's K-A-P-P. That's just my name. And there's um, also www.girlswhorunttheworld.com. Those are both sites about the book and about my writing career. And then you can find the book on um, in your independent bookstore. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target.com. Um, and you could follow my Instagram, which is at girlswhorunttheworldbook. Excellent. I want to thank you, Diana. Thank you so very much for being on the show with us today. I really love what you say about really thinking about the journey, but most of all, how you've captured these stories in these really important ways so that we can use them, which I think is the most important thing, to be able to use these stories to inspire girls, to help girls understand, and boys to understand that there are some really important lessons to be learned from women, that there are some great inventions that we need to learn about from women, and that they have the power in themselves as girls, as boys, to do incredible things if they just choose to take the risk and persevere. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was really fun to talk to you. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends. I know you have yours. So let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook, go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page, or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash drrobin. I'm also on Instagram at drrobinsilverman. I'm going to be going back and forth with Diana Cap on all of these great concepts. And we'll be creating memes and we'll be sharing them so that you can share them as well. We really do want to learn more about these women and get this information out there. And I will be doing 
doing some notable quotables from what we just heard from Diana because she said some really interesting things and I think they should be highlighted. And if you love this podcast like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so others can learn about these interesting people and what the in the great work that Diana Cap has been doing and they can use it in their own homes. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today, my fellow parents, leaders, and educators. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. So many great podcasts are up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. And on the days when you fall short... We know we all have those. Never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. I see you and I'm right there with you. And when there are moments that we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.